0: The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to You Are Not Alone, How to Rise Above Life's Challenges with April J. Ford. April has faced adversity in her life, such as childhood sexual abuse and becoming a widow and single parent at 32. Through all of her challenges, she has managed to rise above them and conquer her life. She'll help you to do the same. Now, here is your host, April J. Ford.
1: Welcome to You Are Not Alone, How to Rise Above Life's Challenges. Here on Voice America, I'm your host, April J. Ford. Loneliness has been an overriding theme of my life and the challenge I've had to overcome. I offer this show as an example for people who may feel alone during an adversity that they are not alone. Your journey called life is filled with happiness, success, fulfillment, and even disappointments and adversities. Did you know that there are golden blessings to be discovered, even? when life throws you a curveball? Being a survivor of childhood sexual abuse and becoming a widow and single parent at only 32 years old, I curated a formula and four steps on how to create a blueprint to rise above life's challenges. These four steps are recognize, respond, reevaluate, and rebalance. Recognize the rubble that are barriers and roadblocks to your success, fulfillment, joy, happiness, and healing. Two, respond by creating a recovery plan. This is going to be your blueprint and roadmap to break through those barriers. I encourage you to even take a small step. It's better to take a small step even in the wrong direction than nothing at all. At least you'll have a reference point on where you want to go, where you don't want to be. Three, reevaluate the plan as you rebuild. Even the best plans we all know have hiccups along the way. Fourth is to rebalance the relationships that bring meaning and value to your life. You can have all the power, positions, and possessions in life, but at the end of the day, it's all about the relationships. And ask yourself the same question, who do I bring meaning and value to? And to be able to answer this, you must have a mindset and thought process that is positive and progressive about yourself. This blueprint guides you in finding who you are and how to handle challenges, and it doesn't even have to be an extreme situation as mine. This is how you will transition and transform into who you're truly meant to be, and I believe in taking a holistic approach on implementing these four four steps so that this show will focus on bringing on expert guests focused on empowerment. There's gold to be discovered in our challenges. Know that you're not alone. Get inspired, uplifted, and empowered every Wednesday, 11 a.m. Pacific here on Voice America. Our guest today is Dr. Barbara Grossman and Dr. Michael Grossman, who will be speaking on the topic of the Marriage Map, Three Keys to a Fulfilling Romantic Partnership. Dr. Barbara Grossman has a PhD in Theology and Personality from the Claremont School of Theology. She is a licensed as a therapist for individuals, couples, and families. Her training included pastoral counseling with ministers who were cross-training in individual psychotherapy and marriage family counseling. In addition, she worked with psychologists and psychiatrists in hospital and group practice settings. Her background integrates spiritual and psychological perspectives. She believes such as an integration represents a special opportunity for maturing individuals and couples. Dr. Barbara deliberately chose the marriage and family therapy license because it represents a desire to foster good relationships. For the past 30 years, she has maintained a busy private practice. Having so many couples for a long time, she's been able to gain a deep understanding of what is going on in American marriages. Dr. Michael Grossman is a board-certified family physician since 1978, practicing nutritional and preventative medicine and treating thousands of patients from an integrative, holistic approach. He is also a fellow of the American Academy of Anti-Aging Medicine. Since 2009, he has been specializing in anti-aging and regenerative medicine using bioidentical hormone hormone replacement, and stem cell therapy to assist men and women in reversing the effects of aging on their emotional and physical well-being. Michael also facilitated weekly attitudinal healing classes, and these classes taught patients to use spiritual practices, attitudes, and beliefs that promote wellness and healing of resentments through forgiveness. For more than 30 years, he has taught meditation techniques to thousands of people, helping them integrate spiritual experiences into their everyday lives. Their desire to share their healing journey of married life and to inspire others to learn how to develop the practical tools to a likewise travel, you know, that path motivated them to author the bestseller, The Marriage Map: Three Keys to a Fulfilling Romantic. Partnership. Welcome to You Are Not Alone, Dr. Grossman. How are you today?
2: Thank you, April.
3: Wonderful. Nice to be here with you. Well,
1: it's my pleasure having you on here on You Are Not Alone. You know what? Your book has three parts to it, the preparation, the journey, and the vision. Let's jump right into it. Let's talk about the preparation. What
3: is that? The preparation is... Um, uh, the practical tools that my wife and I have taught for 25 years to thousands of couples. There are certain tools that are essential to allow you to navigate the various changes and uh, inevitable complexities of being in a romantic marriage. So that's that's what we do in the first part of the book. We give you a lot of these practical sort of things that uh, you need to learn uh, processes and sharing techniques and, uh, how to communicate with each other.
1: Okay. That's well, you've really- been teaching this. Oh, go ahead, Dr. Barbara.
2: Well, we just, we believe that marriage, um, is the opportunity to grow yourself and grow your relationship. And we want you to have, um, you know, it, it, in, in some ways, you know, life itself pushes you to grow, but you need tools to help evolve, um, and um, you know, develop your personalities, and so these tools are just important um, mechanisms that help you share your lives and unfold your your development together. So, this, so it's the basic ingredients of um, of um, uh, growing your marriages. But you, you also need um, a vision of where you're going, so you can direct your attention to um, to to where this you know, this fabulous relationship can lead you. Um, but the tools are, uh, the tools are just tools.
1: Right. It's a guideline. Okay. Okay. Well, you've been teaching this, you know, for over 20 years successfully to thousands of clients. What do you see, you know, what are some of the difficulties in a modern marriage that you've, you've come to, you know, experience with your clients?
2: Well, we find that, you know, couples come together um, at a point in life where they want to bond and take care of each other and grow a family. And, um, at some point, uh, so one, one member of the partnership is usually the caretaking member of the family. They're responsible for, um, caring for the partnership and caring for children. And the other member of the partnership is usually out in the world creating, um, money. And if the, um, if the person out in the world, um, making money has a very, um, has a demanding job, they will, they will develop and individuate and become very, um, focused on themselves as, as a leader and as a um, a creator in life, and the and so the, the the development of the two partners will start to differentiate, and you'll have um, a caretaking partner who's more relationship oriented, more dependent, and a and a um, and a individuated, um, self-expressed partner who wants to be a warrior in life and create in the world, and so the relationship is already stretched and changed from the original just sort of bonding unit. And, um, and so that uh, represents a kind of separation in their um, relationship. And so there will be a, a kind of a gap for a while. And this will lead to a lack of intimacy. And eventually down the road, maybe 10, 15 years later, the um, caretaking partner will wake up to uh, how much they've given up their selves how much they've given to the children, how much they've given to the partner. This could be either a man or a woman because in these, these right, days right. it's not just uh, the woman who's the caretaking partner. But the, the, the caretaking partner will eventually wake up to how much they've given of themselves, how much they haven't developed themselves, how much really resentment they feel for how much they have, um, they have um, ignored themselves, neglected themselves. And they will um, remarkably become angry and uh, resentful, and it will feel like um, the relationship did it to them or the partner suppressed them or the partner was controlling. And so you'll, you'll have then 15 years into the marriage a, a perception of power struggle or um, conflict. And, um, and really this isn't so personal. This is life itself stretching the individuals to grow because it's time for the second partner to develop their individuality.
1: Okay. Now, what do you, I mean, since you've seen this as an occurring pattern in modern relationships and marriages, is there anything that, you know, partners can do to maybe prevent, you know, why wait 15 years later and there's a power struggle? Is there anything that they can do successfully throughout the marriage to have a healthy, balanced, quote-unquote balanced relationship? Well,
2: there's, there's nothing wrong with this this journey together this is the way of life someone's got to care for the family and someone has to go out and make and create in the world and, and make money and right. also how do we best support also, each other Maybe it's a and better oftentimes person. it can be two two partners who are both working in the world and trying to take care of children so you have two very strongly defined individuals who are on their own quests and there's a parallel lives that aren't very connected so there's, there's different uh, ways in which these patterns can emerge uh, so there's nothing wrong with any of the ways in which people develop over a lifetime. The key is in learning how to share one's life, share one's feelings, and create a way of connecting through life's unfolding um, uh, you know, uh, journeys so that you, you learn to connect no matter where you are in, in your life. And so you, you continue and continually recreate your bond no matter you know, what chapter of your life you're on. And it's it's you know our inability to, to um, you know have um, tools to share one's feelings and share one's thoughts, share one's perceptions of one's life that leads to loneliness in marriage, and disconnection in marriage, and eventually conflict.
3: Okay, so, great. So, now let's oh, go ahead, Doctor. So, so what we um, what we teach on a practical level is we teach. Uh, uh, practical sharing methodologies, where it's kind of like learning to do dancing or playing basketball. There are certain skills you have to learn about how to share with each other, and we're not born with these skills. We have to learn them. So we have practical techniques of how to do five minutes of sharing every day, non-interrupted sharing, where you can really understand how the other partner feels and sees the world, it takes time for that to unfold, and after you listen to someone for five minutes every day for a bunch of of time, you begin to see their worldview. It's different than your worldview, and you begin to understand how does that worldview occur, and it occurs to you that, gee, they're not doing these things just to upset me. They, they have a whole background of why it's happening like that, why... Why their life is like that, and then little by little you learn to see the other partner's point of view, and you can get out of the, out of the power struggle because you begin to see their point of view, and then you you still have to work out compromises and agreements and things that make sense to both of you, but that's one of the basic tools that we have. Another basic tool we have is, we call it a request exercise, where women frequently uh, don't feel in touch with the feminine part of their self. And the feminine part of their selves is the part that just likes to nurture and be nurtured. Okay. And then they're not in touch with that. And how to get them back in touch with that is a process that we put them through where they have to make requests for what really makes them happy. But they have to do it in a nice way. They have to do it in a non-demanding way. And that's a whole, again, another kind of a technique and a process that we teach.
1: OK, now let's hold that thought on some of these great techniques on what we can do as far as practical tools while well, we take our first break. And when we come back, I'd like to dive deeper into some of the you know, practical techniques that you guys have shared, one of them being the sharing and the others, the request. So let's take our first break and we'll dive into that when we come back. Your world,
0: motivate, change, succeed. Voice America Has life ever thrown you a curveball called Challenges, or maybe even a boulder called Adversity? You are not alone. How to rise above life's challenges with grace, gratitude, love, and joy is about finding the gold in life's challenges. April J. Ford shares how tragedies from her past taught her the alchemy of adversity. Who we are inside and the way we handle the challenges we face is how we transition and transform into who we are truly meant to be. Pick up your copy today at www.feeljoyagain.com or by clicking the link on the You Are Not Alone show page. Change Happens. It doesn't just happen to us, it happens through us. On The Art of Transformation, host Mara Evenstar helps you become the artist of your own transformation. Learn to work with natural patterns, work with change rather than against it. Mara and her guests will bring fresh perspectives and new ways to apply the art of transformation to yourself, your community, and our world. Be sure to listen live every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Did you know there are close to 50 loss events that can produce the wide range of emotions we call grief? Grief is a normal and natural response to loss. We all experience loss in life. Often, when we do, people tell us we have to let it go and move on. But how do you do this? especially when you don't know where to start. Listen to 50 Shades of Grief with host Melody Dawn, live every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Together, we can get through grief. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Tuned in to You Are Not Alone. To reach April J. Ford or her guest on today's program, you may call in to 1 346 9141. Again, that's 1 888 346 9141. If you'd rather send April an email, her email address is April J. at Now, back to You Are Not Alone, how to rise above life's challenges.
1: Welcome back. I'm your host, April J. Ford, here on You Are Not Alone. We've been speaking with Dr. Barbara Grossman and Dr. Michael Grossman, the best-selling authors of The Marriage Map, Three Keys to a Fulfilling Romantic Partnership. And just before the break, they started to share some of the practical tools and techniques that they've used with some of their clients um, in their marriage classes that they've practiced for over 20 years on what to do with some of the difficulties in marriage, two of the techniques that they use, one of them was the practical sharing techniques, as Dr. Michael explained, of being able to share even just five minutes a day with your partner and communicating. And the second was to make a request. This is the request exercises. Dr. Grossman, can you further elaborate on either of those two techniques or do you have any more techniques in other than those?
3: we have a variety of techniques, but the the ones we mentioned is five minutes of uninterrupted sharing where each partner can share and and, and not have any interruptions. The other partner is just listening, and that does a lot of things because we're really never upset for the reason we think. There's always the past that creates the upset. The past would be things that happened from childhood, and then when something comes up in the present that is a reminder of that old hurt then you fall into this childhood thing and you just start behaving like a child and getting hurt and upset. And we can gradually unwind these hurts, and that's actually the purpose of marriage. Marriage has a great purpose to help each of us to dissolve those old hurts from childhood. And, and we can do it by really understanding our partner and, and supporting them rather than being critical and judgmental. So that's a job. And then they can do the same for us. But it takes time to get to that place. But one of the key things is the sharing exercise.
1: Okay, and you also have, said uninterrupted, so that's pretty critical, right?
3: And <laughs> you're just listening. Totally in critical, listening mode. To uninterrupted, and you're not allowed to make a face or make a grimace. You have to be totally neutral. Yes, okay, so what happens a after while five to learn minutes? That technique. It takes a little while to learn that technique, but that's, that's like playing basketball. You've got to learn that skill.
1: Mm-hmm. What, what happens after five minutes? Do you give your. Opinion or suggestion no, or no,
3: compliment? No. Well, the other, part is, okay. the other partner can share. The other partner will share. The other partner says whatever comes up for them. So you each have five minutes. Okay. And so whoever okay. goes first sets the, uh, sets the um, agenda. Whoever goes second gets the last word. And then you're finished talking about that for the next 24 hours.
1: Okay. Now, what about this request? Exercise. What are we requesting, and how do we communicate it in the way so that our partners um, can receive it in their own love language?
2: Well, we we teach especially women um, to um, uh, to ask for what they want by saying it would really make me happy, and to make specific behavioral requests, something that a that a camera could uh, photograph. Um, I, uh, perhaps uh, it would make me really happy to um, have a walk in the park. It would make me really happy to receive flowers. It would make me happy if we could have a date Saturday night, and and then we uh, instruct our women to appreciate anything they get in the direction of what they've asked for, um, and it's very important that um, this emphasizes feminine, um, uh, requ- feminine desires. It's usually, um, you know, emotional feeling. It, it, it encourages a soft tone in the relationship. It encourages women to... Um, uh, express their hearts. It also encourages them to get in touch with what makes them happy. Because if what they ask for doesn't doesn't really float their boat, they'll learn that and they won't ask for it anymore. So they'll they'll get more informed about what really works for them. It also um, it also gains for the men um, appreciation because m- men need acknowledgement for what they do, mm-hmm. uh, and so both both partners win in this exercise.
3: Okay.
1: Now, why did you say that? it was more of an exercise to allow the feminine part um, to get back within their feminine energy. Why do you think that some, you know, some may have an issue with that? Why did they well, lose touch or how did they society, lose
3: touch? In modern society in the last 100 years, women have started to go to work and now women are working as much as men and women are out in the workforce and, and they're being masculinized when they're working. When they're working, it's generally not a feminine thing. We define right. feminine as, as a nurturing kind of activity. Masculine is a creative and making things bigger and better kind of activity. And right. Right. women don't have an opportunity to develop that feminine side of themselves. They're, they're, they're told just be masculine. Then when they come in their romantic relationship, you have two masculinized people. There's no nurturing going on there. And then you get two lawyers or two accountants married to each other and that there's no romance there.
1: Right. I think you hit the nail on the head, Dr. Michael, with, you know, women entering the workforce, it does, you know, you have to be in that environment of competition. You know, speaking from my own experience, I was in the corporate world as a senior engineer uh, for over 13, 14 years. And that environment was very competitive and predominantly a male dominated role to um, be in engineering itself. So I I do completely understand um, your viewpoint on that.
2: Right, so women get very functional and they, they forget about the soft things that make their life sweet and create connection for them. And so we, we uh, invite women to remember those parts of their, their being and what makes them just simply happy. And it's, um, I, I, we, don't, we believe that men don't need to be um, uh, invited to do that. Men know they like to watch football. They know they like food. Um, they know they want, when they want to sit and do nothing. Um, men are usually in touch with what they want. It's women who have a difficulty in in uh, connecting up with what their desires are.
1: Right. So how do men and the women in the relationship, how do they accommodate both? If both um, persons in the relationship, you know, they're both working in the workforce and also they have a family to raise at home, obviously they're might be one person that's predominantly quote unquote the caretaker and the other wasn't the other one is provider but they still have dual roles themselves how do they maintain that harmony
3: so we we encourage the women to make requests of what would make them happy from a feminine nurturing perspective and the man is accomplishing that the man is producing that the man is taking her out on a date the man is taking her out for a walk in the park the man is bringing her home flowers and he gets acknowledged for what he can produce for her. Men love that. They live for that. They want their women to just be so pleased with them. And men, and when they get that, they are in heaven, and they'll just do more and more. So women can get men to do whatever they want if they're nice and are constantly acknowledging their men for what they're doing. And the men are totally fulfilled, and the ladies, little by little, gain back their feminine part of their self.
1: Right. I mean, it all sounds so practical. That's why I love your book. It's practical, simple techniques um, that produce results. And why do you think it's such a a common problem if it's so simple?
3: (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, it's so interesting. Everybody has their childhood hurts. So for Barbara and I, Barbara has her childhood hurts, which are that she she had her natural father left when she was two and her mother remarried when she was uh, seven or eight years old and, and she actually lost her grandmother when her mother remarried uh, because she was living with, with the grandmother. Now she had to, uh, to move out and be with the dad. So she has all these losses. And so when she doesn't feel uh, included, she kind of like goes into this eight-year-old thing or two-year-old thing. And, mm. and for me... I had a mother who was very, very um, uh, 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 critical and controlling. And so for me, um, when Barbara goes into this stage, it sets off all my buttons. And, and and, And when I start withdrawing because I'm feeling she's critical, then it sets off her buttons. And so this is what happens in marriage. It's inevitable that we each have these opposite buttons. And that's what actually creates romantic attraction. I'm attracted to Barbara because she is a person who, who, who wants her, 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 her romantic partner to be really close to her. So I'm attracted to that because my mother was so critical. I like her one. But then I'm upset about that, oh, she's uh, holding on to me too much here. This is not comfortable. But that's why I'm attracted to her. The very same thing that attracts me to her is what creates the upset, and vice versa for Barbara this is inevitable in romantic, uh, romantic attraction. When you're just marrying for social reasons, it's an arranged marriage, you don't know each other, and you're just there because it's good financially and politically, etc. It's a different kind of uh, relationship at the start. Here, I'm attracted to her, and there's all this energy and juice, and at the same time, it's inevitable that you will get these conflicts. So um, I tell a story where where uh, I did um, uh, a, um, a process where I was like a visualization hypnosis process and learning how to how to do it for the people, and they put me through that process. And so in the process, I'm asked to visualize the big problem in my life as a visualization. and I, I, I visualized it. Um, I was like uh, 30, 33 or something, something like that. And uh, I... Um, I visualized vines holding me down. I couldn't move. And then in the process, they say, okay, talk to these vines. This is your, your enemy, your problem. Talk to it in your, in your visualization. Mm-hmm. And I said, let me go. I've got things to do you're holding me down. I can't move. <laughs> right, right. And, and the vine says to me, I, I can't let you go. I need you. I want you. I have to have you close to me. I, I said, I can't. I, I'm, I have things to do. I, you're, 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 you're stopping me from living my life. And... Divine says, but, but, but I'll do whatever you want. I'll help you. I just have to be close to you. I say, well, well what can you do for me? He says, well, what do you want to do? I say, I want to teach. I want to, I want to inspire people in, in spiritual knowledge and so on, and that's what I have to do in my life. And she says, well, I could, I could help you. I could, I could create this uh, structure. What? I could create this structure in the forest that, that will be a, 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 a house in which you can instruct people and teach people in the forest, and my vines can support that. And, and, and we can be together while you're teaching. Uh, and it was like a, a revelation to me. that Oh, my right. God, yeah, I could do that.
1: And, and Dr. So Michael, that was, before we give our, our listeners the, the closing on that visualization, of I want to leave them with that picture of, just what you said you want to let go but the vine is there trying to um keep you let's you know let's hold that thought and when we come back from break i want you to share with our audience what you learned from that visualization technique so i think it's a powerful technique that our audience can do for themselves so let's go ahead and break for our second commercial break and when we come back i'd love for you guys to share that technique with us (laughs)
0: us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Are you good at leading yourself? In order to be more effective leaders in business, as managers, or in any organization, you've got to start by being good at self-leadership. On Leadership Takeoff, host Mo Glenner and his guests bring you the tools to help you lead yourself and your team to truly become the pilot in command. You need to tune in to Leadership Takeoff, Live every Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, Noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Because the sky is not the limit, it's only the beginning. Joy's Gift is a 501c3 nonprofit that empowers women and youth to transition from tragedy to triumph, from loss or sexual abuse. Our program emphasizes a foundation of developing true self-mastery of independence. Our services provide a support system and infrastructure of wraparound resources for services focused on mental, emotional, and spiritual healing. Restore someone's hope, love, peace, and help them develop self-mastery of independence by sharing your gifts with Joy's Gift at www.joysgift.org. That's joysgift.org. When you make decisions, do you ever find yourself in doubt? Are you trying to figure out what's right with you? Are you ready to truly change your life? Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. You are tuned in to You Are Not Alone. To reach April J. Ford or her guest on today's program, you may call in to 1 888 346 9141. Again, that's 1 888 346 9141. If you'd rather send April an email, her email address is April J. Ford at joysofyah.com. Now, back to You Are Not Alone: How to Rise Above Life's Challenges.
1: Back with the uh, Dr. Grossman, Dr. Barbara, and Michael Grossman speaking about the, you know, how is it that marriage can heal the wounds of childhood? And just before the break, Dr. Michael was sharing a technique. Uh, I'm not sure if it's called the visualization technique, but that's how I interpreted it. Dr. Michael, can you finish your story on what you described as the vine uh, technique or visual- visualization technique that you were explaining?
3: So. In that process, I experienced that Barbara was the enemy, and the enemy got transformed into something that could actually support my vision of life and my goal in life so that the, her vines, which were holding me down, became then the shelter, which would be a place where I can then teach and, and instruct people, and, and she was supporting me in that. So, so that's what can happen in marriage is that we have to see that each other's Childhood hurts don't have to be a blockage to our own lives, but we can actually support each other, and it takes a little bit of work to see what each other's issues are. So we do have a a process that we teach in which we learn to do this, and we call this um, uh, sharing our childhood wounds. So is it
1: the same as the other techniques out there, such as childhood regression techniques, or um, what's the other one called? You, um,
2: no, it's when not, you it's really do childhood regression. techniques. This, this, this is just a, um, a specific, um, a, a focused theme sharing where each partner just talks about, we have a very unique way of getting at what it was like to be a child in your parents' house and what your hurts were. As a child, and you, you get access in a unique way about what, you know, what was, what hurt about growing up and, um, wh- what you missed, what you would have liked to have had as a child growing up and what you want and need from your partner now. And it's very, very touching exercise. And it's where you really come to understand, um, what you need right now to heal yourself. And, and, and so you're ready, you're prepared for those times when. A present version of that hurt comes up in your adult life that represents those old hurts you're already you're ready and prepared for requests that will bridge the gap and your partner's already prepared with empathy and understanding and and uh, and willingness to give you what you need and It heals that those old deep um, hurts that really have you feeling that life doesn't work it it 's these old these old hurts that where salt has been poured into the wound it makes you mm-hmm. makes people feel that life is hopeless uh, and here we in healing them, we just feel renewed, and our partnerships become stronger, and we just believe in love again
1: right right and earlier, you know Dr. Michael alluded to the fact that you in your relationship, it was almost like your opposite qualities attracted to each other. I mean I can't think of the the old saying right now we're opposites attract, but then they retract when an issue comes up. And this is where you really need to have these tools that you guys are sharing with us on how do you okay, now how do we address it with going back to the root of the issue when you're hitting those trigger points of past childhood hurts. I mean, what do you do? Some people just don't know how to be empathetic or understanding or compassionate. Inevitable
3: that won't happen. And that's why we have all these processes. So, if you have the sharing process where you begin to understand, like for instance, Barbara always wanted me to call her whenever I traveled anywhere because of her past history of being upset with, with her father, her natural father, her adopted father, her grandmother, and everyone leaving that she loved. And then she was. Uh, so, for me, it was like being controlled. For her, she had to have that because that's her history. So, I had to call her on the phone if I was late coming home or if I was on an airplane as soon as it landed and it would drive me crazy because that wasn't my need. I had no need for that. I felt controlled. But Mm -hmm. then when I understand this is where her history comes from, she's not doing it to be mean and cruel to me and critical and judgmental. She's doing it out of her own hurts. And so then I extend myself because I see that that's why she's doing it. So it eliminates the... The, the anger that I have that she's controlling me, and I can say, oh, this is just her being her 8-year-old self. Oh, yeah, I'll be nice to her. And, and so then it, it takes you out of that, um, um, uh, out of that quality of, of, of uh, arguing and f- arguing about it, and you just are extending yourself. And she does the same for me
1: right, when I right. feel criticized.
3: Okay. I, mean, I yeah, hate I think... being criticized. I fall apart when I'm criticized. And so she's very gentle. She tells me all the time how wonderful I am because I need that.
1: Mm -hmm. Right, you need that praise and acknowledgement As you mentioned Because I
3: didn't get it from my mom So I need it from her She Mm -hmm. heals that in me And I heal her wounds in her That's what the purpose of marriage is
1: now, is this the second part of your book where you talk about the actual journey? You know, you've gone through yeah. the preparation with the tools, but now it's the journey. Uh, Dr. Michael Keeney, share, you know, as a young man, you know, some of the things that you weren't familiar with, such as the language of feelings. Like the example that you just used, if you were traveling, you know, you were just busy traveling. You didn't understand why you had to call Barbara or, or let her know you're coming home from the airport or running late you know, for dinner or what have you. I
3: had no clue as, as a young man all this feeling stuff because that wasn't part <laughs> right. of my life growing up. My mother was tough, tough, tough and all this feeling stuff was just not part of my life. And it took me time to get a, a perspective about that. And so I've had a variety of, of growing experiences that, and Barbara and I share in the book all about our feelings. Men, in general, men, as they grow, they need to learn humility, and softness, mm. so in, when they 're young they 're just kind of tough they 're making success they 're going ahead, and they 're doing that, and they learn that that 's the way they get successful but a man 's journey we talk about in our book uh, for the man. we use the story of Percival, who's a great knight of king arthur 's court, greatest knight in the world, and he becomes this great great knight, and he 's just wonderful, but it 's all natural skills and ability that he has, and he has to learn to to uh, bring it into the a social realm. So he learns to always do the right thing, because he's a very skilled athlete, so to speak. And now he's learning all the natural things he's supposed to do. I mean, all, this, all the things that society tells him what to do. And he becomes the greatest knight in the world. And then he's invited into the the castle, the Holy Grail castle, where the king is ailing and hurt, and everyone in the castle's under a spell and waiting for the greatest knight in the world to come in and ask the king, what ails thee? But instead of asking, what ails thee?, He's waiting for someone to ask him something because he's been taught by society not to ask anything until he's asked first because that's the nice thing that knights do. And because he's acting not from his own heart but from what is right and what society says is the right thing to do, he doesn't ask anything, and he misses his opportunity to achieve the Holy Grail and and to heal the whole castle. And so he leaves, and he's a broken man, and he finds out that he missed because... He missed his chance in life because he, he, he didn't come from his heart. And he goes on this long kind of a journey to kind of grow and develop, and he's really suffering and struggling. And finally, he learns to come from his heart and goes back into the castle and asks the question. That's a man's journey. Wow. So but how does, who
1: enables him throughout this journey? Who's walking alongside him to... Teach them to follow his heart, or know his heart, and to be compassionate and understanding. Um, we
3: all have—we all have many uh, teachers. Everyone who upsets you is your teacher. You <laughs> <laughs> have lots of teachers. You have lots of teachers, and and um, and every time your wife upsets you, then she's your teacher. Every time something upsets at work or anywhere else. So we have a zillion teachers, and yes, we do have other mentors who help us. And so Barbara and I are mentors to people, but there are many mentors who will instruct people on how to learn to be more humble and, and come from your heart as a man. And a, and a woman has a different journey, so we shouldn't, we shouldn't ignore that.
2: As a general pattern, we say men, um, men learn competence first, and then they need to learn compassion. That's a, that's a, a, a generalization about a, man, a man's path. For women, women are uh, learn connection first, and then they find their voice usually in their 30s. So we're, if you could if you follow that, we're on cross we're, we're in cross paths, we're learning things in different orders. Right. Right. So and how psyche, do we converge to
1: our harmonious path? Well, I you know, I um, maybe not necessarily 200, you know, 100% each, but how do we harmoniously you know, come together so that we're not conflicting?
3: So we have the technologies of the various sharing techniques that we talked about. Mm -hmm. That is the technology. Life will give you lots of opportunities. So you do the sharing kind of things and life unfolds. You'll naturally experience all these different events. We have a whole cycle of, we have like a spiral staircase that is part of the marriage map. And, And when you're when you're two years old, you finally separate from your mother, and you're not so enmeshed with her, and you say no, and you're separate. And when you're seven or eight, you you're just love to be part of the family. You're so thrilled to be part of the group. You're intimate to the group. And okay. then when you're 13, 14, you won't walk on the same side of the street as your mother and father. You want to be separate from them again. And then when you're 25, you have your own family and you're enmeshed in the group and you love being close. And then when you're 35 or 40, you know, you've had enough of this, you want your own career, you want a little autonomy, and you're separate again. And then when you get more developed, if you get there, you again then feel really close to your wife and your grandchildren and you're feeling that close. So you've got to have this back-and-forth movement. This is the natural phase. You
2: cannot change that. So what we, what we say, April, is that a marriage is a crucible for development. Uh, just like a crucible in a chemistry lab, it does get hot. There is tension. (laughs) The the tension is actually, the idea of a crucible, it it heats up to 500 degrees and two separate metals have the possibility of becoming a stronger alloy than they were as individual metals. And so marriage does create a tremendous heat and it could be the heat of anger or it could be the heat of passion. And the fact that a man and a woman together as partners are at different places, yes, it creates tension and and we we stimulate each other's development, and um, it, I think you know there's nothing wrong with any of this. It's it's. I think it's designed this way to produce more maturity. It it's the the, the challenge is whether we get stuck in the friction, or if we grow through it and become that stronger alloy. And uh, right. we just believe right. in in tools to help you understand yourself, and and learn to manage your relationship instead of it kind of managing you and keeping you stuck in crisis.
1: Okay, great. Let's end on that note before we go on our last commercial break, Dr. Barbara. When we come back, I want to talk about how you were able to find your voice. You said the women typically, you know, the first phase is the connection and then segue into, you know, finding her voice. And I'd like to hear your story on how you were able to find your voice in your romantic partnership. So let's go ahead and take our commercial break.
0: Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. Has life ever thrown you a curveball called challenges? Or maybe even a boulder called adversity? You are not alone. How to rise above life's challenges with grace, gratitude, love, and joy is about finding the gold in life's challenges. April J. Ford shares how tragedies from her past taught her the alchemy of adversity who we are inside and the way we handle the challenges we face is how we transition and transform into who we are truly meant to be pick up your copy today at www.feeljoyagain.com or by clicking the link on the you are not alone show page get ready to experience a more fulfilling lifestyle tune in to direct connect empowerment with host fee mazanke the show will feature guests who have changed their lives by using the Direct Connect coaching program or have worked with the same concepts that this program offers. By hearing how others have been transformed, you will be inspired to move forward. Direct Connect Empowerment with Fee Mazanti can be heard live every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Joy's Gift is a 501c3 nonprofit that empowers women and youth to transition from tragedy to triumph, from loss or sexual abuse. Our program emphasizes a foundation of developing true self-mastery of independence. Our services provide a support system and infrastructure of wraparound resources for services focused on mental, emotional, and spiritual healing. Restore someone's hope, love, peace, and help them develop self-mastery of independence by sharing your gifts with Joy's Gift at www.joysgift.org That's joysgift.org Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment You are tuned in to You Are Not Alone. To reach April J. Ford or her guest on today's program, You may call in to 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. If you'd rather send April an email, her email address is apriljford at joysofyaw.com. Now, back to You Are Not Alone, How to Rise Above Life's Challenges.
1: Welcome back. I'm your host, April J. Ford, here on You're Not Alone. We've been speaking with Dr. Barbara Grossman and Dr. Michael Grossman, best-selling authors of The Marriage Map: Three Keys to a Fulfilling Romantic Partnership. And just before the break, I wanted Dr. Barbara to share her story on how she was able to find her voice. In her partnership, she did mention before the break that men typically first learn competence and then compassion and the differences in women that women typically learn first, the connection and finding their own voice. So Dr. Barbara, let's start out with um, sharing how you learned to find your voice if you could share with our listeners.
2: well, i'm I married young. Um, not everyone marries as young as I was. Uh, I did. i was I married at twenty one. And I'm a a a belonging kind of girl, even though I um, I soon got my master's while I was married. um, I um, you know marriage was very important to me, and I followed Michael through his you know interests, and um, and I had I had children starting 25 years old, and I was a mommy at home for the first three four years of their lives, and after um, uh, at some point I was about 30. When I realized I couldn't accommodate Tim Michael's, um, you know, philosophy, uh, his, you know, his um, his priorities, his commitments to um, uh, what was important to him, I just had my own ideas about what I thought was important, and um, and so I um, and I didn't know how to share so much of that time, but I did plan my return to graduate school, and I started to um, think through what I valued and um, I started to uh, really separate myself, and it was a time of great conflict, actually, because uh, I raised very important issues um, about what I wanted and what I saw were important, and it was a very different position than, uh, than where Michael was, and that became really just the, the beginning of what I call this, our second marriage, because uh, I believe that, you know, there's you know, if if you have a um, long a lifelong marriage, you can't live in the same marriage for 50 years. You have to keep recreating your marriage. And so the second the second marriage was my challenge for to Michael, uh, where I raised really important issues and we had deep conversation for years. The transitions last for a long time. Where I um, I you know I asked uh, Michael to um, and challenged him to grow in certain ways. I wanted him to grow in more feelings. I wanted a more intimate marriage. I wanted our life to have more, um, uh, a, a spirituality that um, represented um, my family background and not his um, uh, Eastern uh, philosophy. I, I, want, I had just different ideas for how I wanted to create community, and, um, and I really, and, and I took a strong position. I was not a, I, st- I stopped being a dependent, um, nice wife, and my voice got strong, and I really owned myself. And um, and it was uh, a very stressful time, but a time of awakening. And um, the, the third marriage uh, is more of a time of um, a real partnership, where we were, you know, we've become equals, and we really create our lives together. But that second marriage was re- really um, uh, a time of growing, a, tri- a time of of um, challenge, uh, stressful conversations. I don't think Michael was comfortable at all. During that period of time, I think if he were um, uh, describing the experience, he would say um, he liked the first he really liked the first marriage where he was in control, he was making the decisions that was really pleasant for him On or is that the honeymoon phase <laughs> Everything was is perfect well, it wasn't just a honeymoon it was you know he it was it was his vision of life, and you know he, he really enjoyed that but I think he'll also say that he has grown tremendously over this uh, this journey that he is you know. He is much, much greater a man for having listened to me and, you know, gone So it's, it's exactly what I described in the Percival story. That was my
3: method of actually growing in the feeling orientation of life. And that's the Percival story. Uh, the mm-hmm. Psyche story is, is the Greek myth for the woman where the woman has to learn to find her voice. And Psyche, uh, who was married to... A god, and the god left, and and she had to go and go on all these kind of a journeys and build herself up in order to be able to go back with him. And so we each have our own stories and journeys, and that's then and that's what life is. So you know, it's not supposed to be the smooth ride; it's supposed to be a journey. Right. And
1: with Dr. Barbara sharing her story of finding her voice, I think that was a good. Um, introduction to the last and third part of your book, which is the vision. You know, you start off by saying that both partners have to have a vision on where they both want to go. And we go through each season individually and as a couple in our own lives and identity. You know, maybe our visions change, you know, individually and together, and we have to go through this journey or process together. And I like how Dr. Barbara mentioned it was like having four marriages you know, with the same person. It's just because you're at a different place or different time in your life in this growth process. So before we close out, Dr. Uh, Barbara Grossman, is there any last-minute remarks you'd like to leave our listeners with? I mean, do you guys have any upcoming classes or how do our listeners get in touch with you?
2: Well, first I want you to know that this, this growth in your marriage is not just good for for you personally, but it's good for your it's 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 definitely good for your health and for your emotional life. It's also good for your children because it gives them a model for how to grow. It's good for society because we need wise people, uh, and um, and so it's it just everyone thrives when because I think marriages are the core of society, and we teach these classes. Uh, we have we have five um, a, a, a series of five classes on Sunday nights from six o'clock to eight o'clock in Irvine, uh, where we. Um, we uh, have a structured um, uh, series of, of uh, learning experiences where you learn what you need to, to learn. The fifth class, actually, we take our, our, our students out to a, a dance studio and we reteach the class with a dance metaphor uh, and also because pleasure is part of relationship. We want you to have fun. Um, and um, and uh, uh, we, um, our book is available on uh, Amazon. It's called The Marriage Map. And... Um, we want every couple to to um, to mature and develop because it, uh, it's, we have so much at stake in our society to grow wise people.
1: Great, great, and it's.
2: My pleasure to have
1: you guys on here with us. It's been a great segment, Dr. Barbara and Grossman. Alrighty, everyone. I'm April J. Ford here on Voice America with You're Not Alone. I share my story and the show so that others can share their stories and have their glory so that others don't have to experience the extremities of what I face but would be able to take the fruit of my adversities and prosper with it. I give my permission to allow people to borrow my belief and faith. I give my love and light so that others can illuminate theirs. I share my joys and blessings so that others can share theirs and to let others know you are not alone. Go to www.feeljoyagain.com to receive your free weekly words of joy. Remember, there's gold to be discovered in our challenges. Know that you are not alone. Get inspired, uplifted, and empowered every Wednesday, 11 a.m. Pacific, Here on Voice America.
0: We appreciate your joining us this week for You Are Not Alone. Please tune in for another edition with host April J. Ford next Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We can't wait to talk again next week.